0: everybody, welcome to the Psychopath Podcast. I'm your host, Dimitri Vick. Today I have with me Dr. George Callis, PhD, licensed psychologist and sex therapist. Welcome, George.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Alrighty. So I did say sex therapist. Tell me uh Another term for a sex therapist would be a sexologist. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a good way of uh, describing it. It's a study.
0: OK, I should, I should point out that because of this virus, we aren't able to do uh, in-person uh, podcasts. So uh, in case uh, you hear dropouts here and there, we might have to ask people to repeat themselves. Uh, The technology isn't perfect just yet. So, uh, repeat that for us one more time. Sexologist is
1: is a it's a scientific study of of sex. um... Did I freeze up again? Yeah, you froze (laughs) up again. Sorry. It's the study of, of the scientific study of sex. Okay, that's All a right.
0: <laughs> that's the simplest way of explaining it, okay. And, and this is what you did your original research on in, in
1: your thesis, right? Right, I, I I have a dissertation that I did for my PsyD, and I did this dissertation for the PhD. So my PsyD is in clinical psychology, and my PhD is in clinical sexology. So my PhD dissertation is a not-so-secret life of swingers. So <laughs>
0: that sounds awesome. So it <laughs> was very interesting. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the exact research and what I found, t- t- tell me how, how is it that you decided to do that particular research?
1: Well, um, how I even started in, in taking the course for uh, sex therapy was around 1996, 97 that they that uh, we got letters from social workers saying cease and desist all sex therapy there's a new law If you don't have a certain amount of hours, you shouldn't be doing sex therapy And so up to that point we were all you know treating people when they came into our office for whatever problems they had Where Where we had experience this was in was in Florida. It was in Florida. Yeah, the Florida law now is you have to have 120 hours of uh, of sex-related delineated in, in the law, and twenty hours of supervision and twenty and forty hours of direct contact with patients, face-to-face contact with the supervision, and so at that point I decided to since I was already in the doctoral program. Uh, and to me, it was easy at that time because I had gone through a very difficult master's. Uh, so I started uh, studying in this course, and part of the course was if you dissertation for a PhD. And so I had put forth a, a suggestion to my my uh, professor that I'll do a study on uh, swingers and and. Uh, Nudists on the beach. I'll just give them a little uh, Personality test and see if there's a difference between the two and he told me that's the most boring piece of crap thing I've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay, but he said but How about s- Why don't you start studying them but right. repeat, repeat that cuz how about what he said that uh Swingers were kind of secretive, that people didn't know about their lifestyle very much because they don't let people in. Right. So why don't you do your study on swingers? And so I had met this woman at one of our classes that had said, if I was interested, that, you know, here's my card, call me. And so I called her, and she met me in this boulevard. And she was doing decorations in the morning before this big event was going to happen. And so I stayed through the day with her and interviewed her. And then that night, there were this couple called Ken and Barbie. And Ken and Barbie are like the Uber swingers of the area, and uh, they liked me. And uh, after you know, I talked to them the whole night, and they had a, an incredible event that was things like- and
0: and and to be clear they they to be clear they liked you as a psychologist
1: as a psychologist <laughs> yeah. right. okay first they didn't believe me because i got a phone call oh, about two weeks later from them and they said we checked you out we checked out your credentials our friend is here uh, to do a convention down in in uh, key west and they're inviting you to come as a researcher. So I had to tell my wife, uh, I'm leaving immediately because I have to go now to stay Uh uh-huh. a hotel full of swingers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm so sure she was she, totally
0: on board with that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She, yeah she sure is, thing, she, Jordan. She actually, she actually was, she's very <laughs> understanding. She let me do a lot of stuff that other people wouldn't get to do. But, uh, yeah, and so I went down there, and they had closed the hotel off completely. They put up sheets so that people couldn't look in from the streets. And then when the last hotel person left that wasn't part of the group, everyone took their clothes off. And
0: Hang on a second. So they shut down this hotel just for the swingers party?
1: It was a swingers convention.
0: They shut down the hotel for a swingers
1: convention? They took over the hotel, the hotel. It this was wasn't a like a Marriott. This was a it Marriott? Was a, it was a Marriott down in, in Key West.
0: <laughs> so. Oh, well, it had to be Key West. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yes.
1: so, okay. so that was, you know, I, I did and about- a second.
0: Swingers are not nudists, right? So why did they take all their clothes off? Swingers,
1: there's a lot of people don't like that term. They, they call themselves lifestylers now, and they see swinger as a derogatory term, some do. The people I was with felt that swingers was a term they wanted to take back because they thought of it as like fun, adult play, you know, that it, it, it was a statement of that. So I don't want people to get offended and start calling you and <laughs> stuff. Just to, this is what the people I was with called themselves. They call themselves swingers. Swingers, right. Okay. Yeah. I don't want people to get mad because I'm using this term. But So um, they let me come. I had uh, surveys to give everybody, um, and I got about 100 surveys done and, and about 50 interviews with people at, in that convention, and that pretty much was enough for my paper. But wait, hang on, a second. They,
0: hang on a second. Because I, you, you broke up. I don't know if you answered the question before, but you said they took off their clothes
1: right yeah i mean it's it's they're it's not like uh like nudists are a different breed of of people they're they're naked, but there's no sex going on on a nude beach, in fact, they're like police there you know to make sure that nobody does anything like that, right if you go to a swinger's thing, people will be naked or not naked, but they will have sex will they'll be doing all kinds of things, so Oh, okay. So, it's not the swingers. People.
0: Swingers can be nudists, but nudists are not they're necessarily not. swingers. Is, is that
1: here? But on the nude beach, they're not swinging. They're, but in the swingers convention, that's what's there. So,
0: uh, oh, I see. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, and it's not that people just come up to anybody. I mean, they they have to have a relationship with a person. They have to have some kind of connection. So it's not like a free for all, wild thing. It's just this one was a little wild but it was but you know, how do you develop how do you develop a connection at a convention do you like they're very open they talk about anything you know and that's what they say that it's with someone you can talk about anything you know there's no limits and and so swingers when they're talking to each other are not kind of constrained by yeah, you know, the conversations that we might have and be nervous about saying something that would offend somebody. If you offend someone, they'll tell you straight that you know, no, I don't like that. That's you know, not something I do. And uh, so it's they're really open, very nice people. I mean, they were great to me. They gave me a big badge. You know, people still didn't believe. They thought I was a voyeur that came there. But some people, you know, but what most
0: did your badge say? Were. It said researcher. Researcher.
1: And and just so for clarification,
0: were you were not naked.
1: No, well <laughs> at one point, yeah, I,
0: I oh, okay. all right. figured well,
1: that point. you know if everyone else is naked, I get in the pool with them. So yeah, I, I was naked in the pool talking to people because it would have looked strange if I was not, and they all were. So so,
0: so you were researching naked. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and your at some points. Your 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 research was done at this convention.
1: And other conventions and clubs. Uh, so it went on for quite a while. It went on for four years. This was just the initial meeting, and, and this is where I collected most of, of the data. But then I collected data in New Orleans at a uh, convention there. Uh, <laughs> and, and from the clubs, I just met people that would talk to me in the clubs so in this initial convention sunrise boulevard and then trapeze was up in sample road up there it's moved now farther up but
0: uh, i actually heard of that one that one's a pretty big one down here
1: yeah it's 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 the one that lasted uh it's, it's again different business models of the people that were running these things uh and so the guy that runs uh the trapeze has has been doing this a long time and and him and his son have opened. I think he won an award at the last convention I was at for best club you know, at at one point, but yeah, it's, it's a, like the night that I went, the first night that I went, when I met Ken and Barbie, uh, he was telling me how they got this event to happen. And, I mean, he's a very good businessman. He, he said they he asked them for the slowest day of the month that they have and, and let us run it that day. On that day, the money that comes in, you know, will be yours. Part of it will go to us. And so what he did is he he started by putting out uh, an ad, uh, you know, a uh, and add to the people that go to this club and say did you come last thursday it was the greatest event we ever had people were lined up out the door of course that's not the way it was but when the next week came they were lined up out the door (laughs) that party went on every month that way and the day that i saw it there were like 500 people crammed in that place know trying to get into this great party and it, it was pretty <laughs> interesting so
0: and this was the first convention that you did the research at
1: this was the first club that i went to the convention the came after that club because that's where i met them and, and they introduced me to bob and tess who are uh, naughty in new orleans they they run the big very open, and they've been the ones that have been the most helpful too. Besides Ken and Barbie, uh, and they do cruises now. They they have a a place down in, in Mexico, like an island that they go to. Uh, it, it's
0: and, and you good. refer
1: to them by by suit by by pseudonyms. They, well, they Ken don't and Barbie, actually... I, I do, but Tess and Bob, that's their real name. That's their real name. Do they They're do they actually good.
0: use real names at these places?
1: Uh, some people do some people don't, so that's how they kind of relate to each other. They might not know the, the last name until they get to know somebody and then if they make friends with a the person, they might be in their life forever you know that doesn't mean that they 'll have sex all the time, but they've made these close friends so it's an interesting group of people, and you'd be surprised i mean very high level people are in these Groups. I mean, I met I met judges and and you know all 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 groups that you you wouldn't expect, I guess. But I at least I didn't in the beginning. You
0: know. Right. And you said you said when you went to this this initial place, you gave them surveys. So what kind of oh, what kind of uh, what kind of things were you looking? Well, what was the well, first, what was the thesis idea? What was the the original premise, the hypothesis that you had for the
1: research. When I went in, I, I wanted to see if there was a difference between early sexual experiences. Did people were people sexualized early? And uh, you know, there was a, a little bit of of a it wasn't even significant, it was slightly significant that there were more early sexual experiences, but it wasn't negative early sexual experiences. So People started having sex a lot of times when they were, you know, 16 or 15. But there were also a lot of people who never started swinging until they were in their 40s and 50s. So I had a, a split of groups. Uh, people talked about getting bored in their marriages, getting thinking that they were looking for something to do. One guy told me he he called a club. Uh, just to check out the club and, and and told them that, you know, I don't look like uh, uh, Steve McQueen or whatever <laughs> actor he, he said. So, you know, and the guy said, no, either does anybody else that comes here. You know, don't worry about that. Just come and see it. And so he told his wife, and his wife was a uh, a therapist. I think she was a social worker. And then after a week of thinking about it, she went with him. And then they opened their own club after, you know, doing this for a couple of years. So, um, and again, they were, they were in Colorado and they were very nice and very nice couple. So it's, it's an interesting idea. I mean, there was a, a the Ken and Barbie had a boat club in the intercoastal in Miami. And so all these yachts and boats, every month and they would just have this huge party out there and it was a swinger's party i mean just a giant swinger's party on on the water so i never went to that one because i didn't want to be stuck on a boat for eight to 12 hours or you know i couldn't take the sun that long <laughs> it
0: it almost sounds like these things are happening like uh, every weekend or something all like that all over
1: the place yeah I mean, so
0: you were doing this for four years. You must have collected mounds and mounds of data. I mean, what what, what were you finding?
1: And that, in the, uh, what I found, you know, first thing was the idea not to pathologize the behavior, you know, to look at this as adult play. And that's the way I went in with, and that's what they appreciated because it really is adult choice of what they're doing. It's not, you know, something to condemn people for and there have you know there are well-adjusted happy people doing this. I mean in the beginning I met some of the older swingers and you know was was having alcohol problems and having, you know a lot of issues. there a one woman told me that you know and, and she was in her 60s at the time. And she told me, well, what happens here is, you know, a lot of women come here, they just get drunk all night until they have to go into the room. And yeah, But that wasn't what I saw happening with the younger crowd. They were having a ball and they weren't, you know, overdoing anything. So, but, you know, clocking the hours, it, it's not just that. I'm a member of, of uh, the American Society Society of Sex. I can never remember these acronyms. ASECT is is one of them and Quad S is the other. And these are two sex therapy organizations. And I've been to some incredible things in those organizations. I I went to a dungeon uh, <laughs>
0: which is a whole different group of people wait, wait a second wait a second so this, this is this is a oh, wait, wait a second. this is a, a sex therapist organization or is this a, a swingers it's, organization these aren't swingers these are, are therapists
1: and so in so,
0: a sex therapist organization there was a dungeon
1: they took us to a dungeon. Hey, so, so they took yeah. you to a dungeon.
0: So they so, were like <laughs> this sounds much more interesting than my conferences. And <laughs> my conferences, like my forensic conferences, they take us to jail. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah, not my cup of tea. But. You know what I mean? Like, so this is this is not as interesting. <laughs> my, uh, I, think, I think maybe I'm just gonna go to your conference, you know, <laughs> instead. Switch uh, gears. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna switch to yours. They took you to a dungeon. So this is, is it's like the Fifty Shades of Grey kind of dungeon?
1: Exactly. So okay. what they had done is they had said that 50 of us could come. And I wasn't going to go because I was in Arizona and I didn't have a car. You know, I, the convention was right near the airport. So well, I they're going to leave you there? I just wasn't going to do it. And I was in line and this, this woman was standing next to me and she asked me, are you going? And I told her, no, I am I said, okay, you know, I'll go then. And so you broke up, you broke up. She said, are you going? You said, no, she she said that she'll take me. She had a car. And so I, I got in, you know, I I met them downstairs and her husband was there and ends up that she is like one of the VIPs to this dungeon that they were inviting her. So she was dressed in a bustier and her husband was, in black, you know, and she said that he is uh, an actor that plays the evil guy in the the dungeon movies that they made. And so now I'm getting into the car with these people and driving into the desert. And, and I somehow my, you still made it. I called I called shani up and I said, um, I don't know these people. I don't know if <laughs> I'm ever coming back. <laughs> so I don't know where we're going. They're a little strange, you know. And uh, so we got to this dungeon because I was with the VIPs they put me in this front row of this big open area you know and there were there was a guy on the side of me setting something up on this big rack and then across the room to the right there was a another metal like tray with a woman lying on it and had, it had been like raised up about six feet off the ground there was a, a narrow cage with a guy sitting in it with like rubber pants on black rubber pants on oh, man. and then to the left of me there was a a big chain thing that looked like a giant spider web and a woman was chained to that web naked and then there was a a guy that must have been about 350 pounds dressed in black to the left of me completely that had another woman chained to a cross they came out and they had a a speech they said if we invited you here to see our lives we don't want any comments from you we don't want any negative statements from you if you can't take this just get up and go and so when he finished his speech, this little redhead came across the room in front of us with another woman that was dressed like a school mar. And started role-playing like a little brat. And the woman was her teacher, and she pulled down her pants in front of us, right in front of me, and started hitting her. And I thought, okay, this is going to be something sexy it's you know a little smack on the butt type of thing and she hit her hard and the guy next to me was an actor uh that that had uh done a one man he was a comedian not an actor he was a comedian that had done a one man show abused by a priest as a child and he had turned it into a comedy act and when he when that woman hit that girl he jumped out of his seat and the the lady i was with said you got to sit down you can't you can't offend these people you, you know it's not right and so i got a terrible headache just came on like a migraine in the middle of this because it was just too many things going on the guy to the left started electrocuting this one with this wand you know that was had this blue light coming off of going up and down her body and she was screaming and you know and then the guy on the right of me in the corner of my eye caught the woman on fire Wait, and oh God. i jumped, up. Wait, I oh jumped God. up and said holy shit you know and you know he immediately like wiped the fire off of her it was he knew what he was doing and my friend was like pulling me to the ground saying you know you can't yell you can't do this <laughs> like i don't know if i can sit here <laughs> And and, so, and of course, this is all legal. Naturally, this is all—it's their club, and so, so the spanking went on in front of us. And and uh, you know, after and, it was over, they let us interview the people. And so I went for, I, I went to the schoolgirl first, and then she smiled like, like you know, oh you, you know, type of thing. And I said, okay, I can't interview this person. I turned around and went to the. The big guy, and he had already put all his stuff away, you know, and and, the, and so I I talked to them, and and uh, she was a kindergarten teacher from New Mexico, and oh she would fly God. in to have these <laughs> things done to her, and she said that she had seven orgasms during that time that we were watching her from what he was doing, and so the guy started pulling out the stuff again, the wand, and I and I thought, you know you think I want to know how this feels? (laughs) I do not. (laughs) So, so he pulls out the one, turns it on. I said, you know, he said, no, I wasn't going to do you. I just want to show you on my hand that it's not painful. It's, it's more stimulating than pain. You know, it's, it, you can turn it up and be painful. So, okay. Um, And then I, I went over to the fire guy and, and he was talking about, you know, you, you got to know what you're doing because this is very dangerous, but it's also very exciting. And uh, and then they, you know, again, it was one of those but, nights that everything it, was happening at the same time. It, it, is it? Did you
0: find anything that these you people? You broke
1: up. I, I didn't hear. Oh, you.
0: Did, but did you find anything when you were talking to these people that they might have been missing? You know, because when, when when you talk to people that don't understand this stuff you know, people might think that they're just like missing something in their life. You know what I mean? That they're, that they're just like, they're sexually frustrated, or they were abused as a child, or, uh, well, you know, because they watch that, too many movies, right? Because isn't the Fifty Shades of Grey, that guy that was beating the woman up in that movie? I, I never saw this movie. Said, I never read that the book.
1: Just, yeah, they said that guy's just committing assault. It's right, not, right. Not but not
0: he was—wasn't he abused as a child or something like that? Right, like, in the movie. So, I
1: don't remember. Like, but people did that. did say that they they did work through their traumas. Some of them. I mean, some of them didn't have any trauma. They just thought it was, you know, sexy and fun things. And you know, they talk about like us as having vanilla sex—that we're not interesting. We have boring sex lives.
0: Look, I'm not going to disagree
1: we, with that, but. There, like, <laughs> there, there, there's, there's, you know,
0: you know, when you come to
1: fire. <laughs> well, again, they know what they they knew what they were doing. I I can't say that I don't think I would ever let somebody catch me on fire, but but you know, for her it was exciting. So, you know, he's doing what she wants.
0: Well, like for instance, I'm curious at, like, okay, I get it, like. Regular missionary Mm -hmm. sex will get boring. I I will fully agree with that. And, you know, playing dress up is fun to a point too. Yeah.
1: But where does the
0: line get drawn between we're going to play dress up, you know, and, you know, play taboo dress up even where it's like schoolgirl dress up, which is taboo dress up. And we're gonna even do like weird porn stuff where it's like you know you get to like the choking stuff where it's like assault level stuff where yeah. where where porn is right now because porn wasn't like this when I was a kid when I porn when I was a kid it was it, it was just ooh they're having sex like that's that's yeah. weird you know now porn and that's, is
1: assault but where does it go from that to with, where it is you know, now? That be- becomes the problem with porn because the people who do porn and not the people that the actors, but the people who are, are creating the porn are, are, have a commodity that they know, you know, becomes habituated quickly. Right. So a person watches something, they become uh, obsessed or compulsive, but there's a percentage of people that do. And so those people are going to keep going to the higher level and more for them. The things that are more bizarre become the interest and you know, it's the thing that is going to stimulate them, and that becomes a problem for some people because when the stimulation goes into dark areas, they can be arrested for the stuff they 're looking at it doesn't mean that they would ever do any of those things but right and and it becomes an addiction too, you know yeah, and I have a, a i mean i don't call it addiction because it's <coughs> And a lot of people do call sex addiction, but I think it's it's a it's more of like an OCD compulsive thing, and and because I don't see the withdrawal factor, and it, it's it's more of this intense I have to do this thing, and what is the root of that? I mean, what is causing a person to, you know, that's not for sex, that's for some other issue that's going on so so yeah I I, a lot of sex like I have a friend that's a sex therapist and he kept mentioning to my students yesterday the sex addiction part and and I still I I still think it's more of of something closer to OCD type of, of compulsive type of behavior because I've treated people with that kind of you know compulsion and it ended up being a trauma, it stopped. So if that was addiction, it wouldn't end like that. So I had a woman that, had, well, I can't talk about patients. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you so, can't talk about them specifically, but you could talk about them, I suppose, in general. But um, so what you're saying is that the, the porn and the sex, quote unquote, behavior is, I was gonna say, quote unquote, addiction, but it's behavior. Is more of a compulsive, of a compulsive behavior, rooted in trauma.
1: Cut off again.
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's uh it's compulsive behavior rooted in trauma rather than.
1: Yeah, it can be rooted in trauma. It also can be a person with like OCD is going to end up, you know, more easily caught in, up into something like that, looking for more and more. You know, I don't know how to explain it. It just that because the person habituates so easily gets bored easily they move to the next level and then that becomes boring very short what I, the the good the people in porn that make a lot of money know that and so they're constantly figuring out let's do tentacles today let's do you know,
0: let's right, figure right, out right. some
1: other bizarre freaking thing that we can throw into this and that no one ever thought of you know and so now the porn is uh mother son porn and and mother stuff step-mo- mother stuff right, step brothers and step brothers yeah, and stuff you know, stuff that these guys you know but what about what about the
0: individuals that're like, we kind of veering off topic but um we'll, we'll get it back to to the research <laughs> but but what about um what about um individuals that like uh, compulsively see prostitutes and and things like that is that Addiction, rebel stuff, or is
1: that also compulsion? Again, compulsive sexual behavior is, is, you know, fits under that because, um, you know, I had people that have had like thousands of partners. And when, you know, we come into the idea, there was a root for that. There was something that happened to them. And the issue of the sex is or control or something different. You know, so a person that needs to do that level of, you know, you can't say, oh, I have a high sex drive. I have a thousand partners in a year. Uh, You could, I guess, but, you know, most likely there's an issue there. And I can't say, yeah, I shouldn't have said that because it's then you'll have the other idea that, that there are groups of people that that's a common thing. Uh, in the gay community to meet somebody when you're young is, is a common activity for a lot of gay men. And, uh, so it, it's, it's difficult to say which one's the compulsion. It's when the person is, is having something that says, this isn't fun, it's something that I'm pressured to do. You know, if someone feels they have to do something, then it's not really for pleasure. It's because they're being pushed by something. And so getting to the root of what's pushing them to a normal functioning level for them. They still may have a high libido and have more sex than, than a normal person, but generally average person, not normal, but an average right. person might have. So, Is, you know, is guess, there a
0: specific kind of average amount of sex that's
1: considered... Really. Average really or normal, say, you know, the person that 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 decides the sex in the relationship is the person with the lower sex drive, not the person with the high sex drive. So
0: that's not fair.
1: Because <laughs> what if what if that person like the wants one who's to do it, like
0: one time a month? That's and the other well, person that's, is like, you know, that's, that's not that
1: know. one time a month is going to, you know, translate into okay, well will compromise with five times, but the person who does it five times is gonna to wanna to have done it 30 times. You know, so the person who has a lower sex drive usually makes the decision of how much sex they're going to have. So it's- Okay. It's,
0: so the, that's so what, what you're saying is re- What you're saying is relationships have to compromise is, what, is basically what you're saying. Is, is that's kind of how, how it has to be?
1: Well, I mean, I think of it the other way. If if you're forcing someone to have sex, is that a pleasurable experience for either person? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a popular statement, but it's it's what happens to people. No, you
0: know? it's not. But but again, there's that, there's those people that do that. That's how rapists like get their, their right. you yeah. know, uh, and and those are and you know I don't know if you've treated any of those people that have that have come to you for that but you know um,
1: you, you cut off for quite a bit that time I didn't hear that oh question. sorry
0: I, I I said you know that's how rapists kind of get that's how rapists you know I guess get off for lack of a better term um, well yeah and again
1: a lot of rapists have nothing to do with sex it's about you it's know, punishing women or control or you know whatever issue they started out with. Um, You know, it's the idea of consent. And that was another interesting thing that, you know, older swingers had the older ideas. And so someone might walk right up to somebody and grab their breasts to say hello or something like that. When I went to the more you know recent conventions the younger people are like talking about consent that you can't just come up and touch me you know you need my permission to do this and they had a lot of talks with people and some people were kicked idea that you're here that means you want to have sex with us and that's not the way it is and they so consent was a big thing They said you know They're not going to do things that they don't want to do. And they're doing things to enhance their pleasure, not to be stressed out about coming to the place. So I thought that was an interesting change over the years.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, the the original question I had before we went off topic was uh, where's the delineation line? I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say normal, but like the average kind of, you know, missionary sex gets boring. You go to something more interesting, something more interesting, and then you get to fire. Well, I don't think there's you know a line for You know what I mean? Did they ever try the mis- the boring missionary sex or did they just be like, I don't even want to bother with that. I'm just going to go to fire. You know, was it like um, what makes somebody go do, do the, something? Yeah. Did they go through the the progress? Was there a progression? I guess is that well, is what I'm asking.
1: Okay, so one woman told me how she thinks her her she liked to be tied up, and and so I had talked to her. At, I don't remember which convention now, but um, but the reason I ta- I had talked to her is is she had uh, developed cancer. And the drug that they were giving her had killed her libido. But like upper people in this convention, you know, that people look to as a model of swinger. And she was in the, the domination part that they were adding to this convention. And her husband was very like famous dom. Uh, and so we got to talk because she was saying, you know, what happens if this, drug never lets me feel you know, sexual again because my husband's very into this and I don't wanna lose my marriage. And, but she told me how she had gotten into this and she had uh, been uh, like a, a military brat as a child. Her father was in the military and they were traveling all over different places. And she said she would meet new people and when she was a teenager, she was on the base, and the kids would get together and like sneak off somewhere and smoke pot. And one time, arrested everybody. And for her was a a big handsome guy, handcuffed her behind her back, was very rough and pushed her into the back of the car. And she said it was the the time in her life that she felt mo- most safe ever. You know, she had never felt that safe as when that guy had locked her into handcuffs and put her in the car. And so the sexual connection, you know, to the act of being tied up and and then it got enhanced by her, you know, continuing with it. So, so I think that fetish is enter the template by connections of, of experiences. So, um, uh, you know, if it's something pleasurable, but something, you know, that is novel and interesting, the person may, you know, try out other things
0: too. For her, the fetish was getting tied being up. Tied being up, Tied yeah. up, it was
1: very sexy to her.
0: What about the guy with the fire? Did did you ask him about how he got into that?
1: No, I don't remember asking him how he started. I just asked him how did he you know how does he know when it's too much, you know? And he said, Oh, you just gotta move fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you
0: know, you'll get burned.
1: (laughs) Hell out of me. I I I was handling everything else until I saw that big blast of flame. On her back, and i like, okay, that's it. <laughs> I said, what the hell? <laughs> he didn't use an accelerant or anything. It was just. He was putting like some kind of lighter fluid or something on her and then wiping it off. You know, it was like this blue flame. So, wow.
0: Okay. So, so what, and, and your final, in your final report, what did you determine at, at the end the, after four years of research?
1: ended up being more of a qualitative study of just explaining, you know, the different aspects of swinging. Uh, And so uh, one of the things that they were really interested in was, you know, um, rates of of sexual uh, infection. And a lot of what you would hear from the swingers is saying, we only have sex with with couples that are, are only having sex. As a sex therapist, you say, well, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're having sex with couples, you don't know what who those people have been having sex with. But because they have, you know, very deep conversations with each other, the rates are very low. In fact, if someone does bring something into the group, they get ostracized for doing that. So people are very careful and and very hygienic,
0: <laughs> so, right? Do they get tested to, before yeah, they bring now, them,
1: before they go into the group? A lot, a lot will ask, you know, that there's a, a test for HIV or something. But I don't see that as as being a common thing because um, I didn't see I saw people meeting people and just kind of starting. Now there's different kinds of swinging. There's there's soft swinging where You know, the people just kind of kiss and fondle and do things like that. And there may not be penetration. Uh, A lot of couples, when they swing, don't even have sex with the other couple. In the same room. Uh, The thing about swinging is there there are really strong rules that the couple makes. And the, the people I see in therapy are the ones who have broken that rule. And so, you know, the... The rules seem very uh, rigid sometimes when, when you hear what the rule is, but to do this, they follow those things very strictly because they're thinking about the other person. You know, how is my husband or my wife going to react? You'll have people that will swing with somebody with permission and then go out one day and have sex with that person without the other person knowing and that person finds out and it's a big deal. And so they can end up in therapy that way. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, they say a lot of times that there's not much jealousy, but I saw jealousy in people too. Uh, it's just that they're more open about than regular couples are. So it's not much difference in the, the people when you talk to them. In fact, you wouldn't know who's a swinger and who's not a swinger. Um,
0: it's, yeah, it's not, it's not like
1: they wear a badge or anything. Right. Like that. And right. they're very careful. Sometimes the, the problems that, that people have, have talked about, is some of these people are very, like, very religious people from church and stuff. And they say, well, they got to be careful when they're with their church friends, not because <laughs> people would, like, lose their minds
0: right because there's a there's a stigma attached to this kind exactly. of stuff especially with religion which yeah. is supposed to be pious and you know, all kinds of stuff and, and this kind of stuff is going to be uh, seriously judged
1: um yeah. you know you know negatively yeah. and and that's what you know bob and tess are, are trying to like change that stigma they're they're trying to you know adult play and and it really is an event, you know. Like uh, Naughty in New Orleans before COVID was this incredible takeover of three big ho- hotels in in uh, downtown uh, New Orleans, and uh, it just you know I can't even explain what they got rooms that look like you're going into uh, a indian uh, i mean i had gone to uh, one in las vegas that they had set up and they set up in the ballroom and they probably had you know 25 or 30 beds in separate little uh not cubicles but they had separated them with this sheer cloth hanging down and they had these giant statues uh, indian buddha faces and stuff on the walls that that were made out of styrofoam herded this ballroom into this incredible place is this it that's getting naughty and oh yeah that's them <laughs> so yeah so these these people are are not just running events they're activists for you know the swinging lifestyle and they, have take, they take over cruises, they do all these incredible things. But right now, uh, the past naughty in New Orleans was uh, they had it virtually. Uh, how so do, you, <laughs> how yeah, do you I wanted, um, I wanted to, to you know, be a part of it to, because it's something new, but I just didn't have time to ask them and to, to get involved in it.
0: How do you this have year. a How do you have a swingers convention
1: virtually? Yeah, that's why I wanted to see it because I have no idea to tell you the truth, <laughs> mm. but it happened.
0: Um, yeah. Naughty cruises. Yeah. This is interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: this is interesting. But what what cruise line does this though? They're
1: they have full a every time
0: they have a cruise line that.
1: Oh, so it's, okay, it's so. Just, I'm this not is, sure if it's Royal Caribbean or you know who it is, but yeah, it's
0: and this is not what I, I I don't know if these are stock footages or something because um,
1: No, those are the actual
0: These are the actual people swinger in. people that are there. <laughs> yeah. Because I've seen
1: um, Well these people are, you know These look like models. These are people who work with them. You know, well, that's what I'm saying because look, I've seen
0: I've I've researched some of this stuff, um, and swingers tend to be a little older than this, if I'm not mistaken. I mean,
1: they're they are all ages. I mean, it's they,
0: they. but 20 year olds that look like this are usually not considered swingers they're just considered 20 year olds no i mean the the term the term swingers because you know like 20 year olds are not usually in that they're not they're not usually in like i i my understanding of the term is people that are usually in relationships that are longer term and that that going into other longer-term relationships. 20-year-olds that, are not usually in longer-term relationships.
1: And that was the older, you know, the older style. But now I, I think that, you know, it's a wider range of people that are swingers. There's a, You know, it's – and again, a lot of people don't call themselves swingers. They say they're in the lifestyle. And so they'll – date somebody for a while they'll share the experience with them they might move on to somebody else Uh, but yeah the the basic idea is couples um again but it's bob and tess don't limit to that they also don't limit to like the old uh that's not true now um there are bisexual, there are gay people. There are a lot of people involved from different groups. So, I mean, the majority is still heterosexual, white, uh, you know, around 45 to 55 years old. But they range, again, from very young to, to very old. They wouldn't consider themselves old. <laughs> well, right. I consider Island. myself old and I'm old. Right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're only as old as you believe yourself to yes. be, George. <laughs> they're, they're
1: at Naughty Island right now, I believe,
0: so. <laughs> that's the place just, to be right now.
1: Just saw an email from them that they're down in Mexico.
0: Naughty Island
1: sounds like a, a, good Fox, time.
0: a Fox reality <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, that's what Naughty Island sounds like. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a lot of fun people having a good time, I tell you. They're they're wonderful to talk to. They're, you know, very uh... <laughs> so, Wow, okay.
0: So this is a this is an organization,
1: this this naughty Yeah, this is this is something that you can join, you know, to be a part of. There are, are different groups. This is the group that let me in the ones in California. uh, When I asked, there was a doctor that was running something. And uh, in the last minute, he said, no, I don't want you to come. Uh, uh. (laughs) So uh, the California group, I never got to to check out because I was kind of blocked out of it at the beginning. And then I I learned so much from this group that I didn't really need to explore anymore. Right. Because they're constantly, you know, doing new things. Uh, Like I said, these cruises didn't exist in 2000. This is something they... ...thing to do, what would be the next thing we can do They've gone to different countries, you know, they've gone to Amsterdam and had the convention there. So it's uh, it's a very interesting group of people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would would say so. So uh, if you're interested in uh, Naughty Parties.
1: (laughs) You can always go there. (laughs) You can
0: always go to the website. The website is, um, the main website here is Naughty. Dash events.com. Um, it's exactly as I, as exactly it says you expect it to be spelled. <laughs> and if you're watching on and YouTube, so, then. And if you uh, look at
1: that picture that you just brought up, that. that which one? Just bring it up right there. This one. That's down Main Street in New Orleans. Farther yes. down. Go up a little bit. Oh, this one, yeah. Yeah. Those right. are the people. So, if you're watching on convention. YouTube,
0: you can see this. Uh, this, this, this is crazy. This is, this is like Mardi Gras, but this is yeah. just a swingers convention.
1: This is. They not. do throw the beads and they do everything. So they and take is, over everything. This is happening. All of, it, it, it happened already. Well, well this is, is awesome. going to be virtual. I think they were going to try to do it for real. I don't know uh, if they're still planning to or not. I don't know. But with New COVID, they were concerned. So, yeah. so I don't know if so New Orleans I don't is going to allow that. It.
0: But it says August 19th to the 23rd. Let me see. Yeah, they, book had, now. they had pushed it. <laughs> they had pushed it. <laughs> <book now>. uh, <laughs> Where, where's my wife? <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. No, it looks like their website's a little broken here. But um, I think COVID broke their website. Yeah, um, but I mean, it looks like let's see, required. Um, I I don't know. It looks like it's, it looks like it's happening. But, well, I mean, if you're interested, it's uh, <laughs> naughty dash events dot com, um, and it looks a lot of fun.
1: You'll enjoy so, it. You'll, <laughs> seems like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, there's people um, that go there that don't have sex. You know, there was a very religious guy and his wife, and he was hanging out with me. And he was—he was from Arkansas, and he had a very strong uh, accent. And he said, "George, don't go in any of them rooms." <laughs> so, <laughs> what was he doing there? He really wanted to, you know. Oh. Yeah, well, when he left the table, his wife said that. He brought her to these things, but anytime anyone... (laughs) So so there was something pulling him towards it, but also pushing him away from it too. Mm -hmm. Yep, I bet there was.
0: Wow. Uh, Well, you know, sexology is not the only thing you do. Um, You also treat trauma. Yes. And you treat trauma with um, rapid trauma resolution. Is that that's, yeah,
1: right. I, I, that's one of the techniques that I use but yeah it's John Connolly's rapid trauma resolution therapy it's a technique uh, that, what is rapid yeah, rapid it's a, trauma a resolution. technique that uh, you know is pretty effective and, and it's I guess less painful for the, the person that has the trauma a lot of the exposure therapy techniques are, are pretty rough they work very well but you know they're they're a little hard on the person and there's a lot of dropout uh with rapid trauma there's less less times people will drop out because you know people can work through their trauma so uh, if you
0: well, you broke up there you said people can work through, through their trauma
1: to do that in fact, some people don't have any pain. They they actually are laughing during the the treatment. So, um, you know, if you want to see how it's done, look at John Connolly's uh, website, and he has he has people and himself doing the technique session uh, of what they do. It's pretty powerful stuff. I've been doing it
0: for many years now. But how do you, because trauma, the results, it takes a really long time. When you say something like rapid trauma resolution, when you say, well, how how rapid is rapid?
1: Uh, One session sometimes.
0: That seems awfully quick to resolve trauma. What kind of
1: trauma are we talking about? Well, I've had people that have been molested destroyed by it. And now they're in their 40s. And uh, the person that I'm talking about, uh, again, we we'll not go into any specifics, but I did the technique with him. Uh, he told me, I feel like, he's, first he said, what the hell did you do to me? I said, okay, I screwed up here. And he said, I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. He said, I've been angry every day of my life and I don't feel angry and so that was one session is cured of everything they've had a whole life of not functioning the way they should have been able to function but you're not treating the trauma anymore you've treated that you're treating the you know how they've adapted to life and how they can work now without the trauma They still have a lot of developmental stages to go through and you know all that stuff still needs therapy. But the, you know, the index trauma that you're dealing with is is dealt with.
0: So you're saying you're not necessarily dealing with the trauma itself, kind of you're dealing with the association?
1: Activity. Yeah, you break that connection. So the person remembers the trauma, but now it's not setting off any alarm bells. It's just a memory. So they talk about it like they talk about they had pizza last week for lunch. You know, it doesn't set anything off whereas before if you know somebody mentioned the wrong word or, or they smelled something or you know something triggered them into a flashback and you know goes off and, and the person is, is you know in the middle of you know a very very painful time uh, this disconnects that
0: and that can be done within a within a
1: session yeah, I've how, done how it long many is it in one session. How long is uh, it? Session? The sessions go, you know, I, those are sessions that will go sometimes two hours and three hours. Uh, okay, Just, so it's not a regular like, the the
0: one-hour therapy session usually. It's, it's more involved. But it, can,
1: it can happen in one hour, too. And we did it in one session. She was laughing By the end of the session, about it and talking about it like it wasn't anything. Before she couldn't even say a sentence about what happened to her. It's you need to see it. It's pretty powerful, and and they do have demonstrations of different things on that website. And if you go on YouTube and just look up, you know, there's a woman on YouTube. And if you Google like Kristen Rapid Trauma Resolution, she has a TED talk talking about her experience. And hers was of loss. And she basically ended up in a wheelchair with a seizure helmet on, suicidal, lost her job, uh, quit school, you know, and had to move in with her parents, you know, her, her uh, fiance's parents because they had used so much money trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Is this it? That's her. So she tells that story. And it's, there was one session after she had been to manager clinic to, you know, every you know, like four or five therapists. Uh, it's, and, and she says that she was hypnotized, which she wasn't. I mean, he just talked to her. It's, it's powerful but you know it's, it's just
0: right. talk and this is this is the uh, john connolly's website the institute for rapid resolution therapy
1: yeah the only problem with it is it's not you know it's not accepted as a, a what do they call that empirically based treatment so when something's not empirically based, people, you know, look down on it, but you have to think about how things get empirically based. You have to have a lot of money to do that. So, and,
0: uh, right. Right. Wow. All right. Well, this I'm is have uh, the
1: time to put it together.
0: Right. Well, look, this was, sure. this was, the, this was very interesting. George, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you coming on here. And, wow. and going through all of this, no uh, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate it. You're um, welcome. I hope I hope one day uh, you can come back and tell us more about uh, your uh, your uh, your your swinger cruises. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> if
1: if uh, I get research, yeah. If you, we'll if you do more, I'm getting if you do more research. Old. Uh, I'm getting but,
0: for that, but... and old, old is in your head. Age yeah. <laughs> yeah. is just a number that's in your head. Yeah. Uh, or you can come back and tell and tell us more about and tell us more about, uh, us more about uh, all the uh, the naughty cruises that you've been on, <laughs> and all of these stories with with Kenan Barbie and all of the other people that you've met. Hopefully, uh, COVID goes away eventually. Ho- we'll COVID will back. definitely go away. <laughs> We're gonna get a vaccine. And everyone's going to go back on these cruises and everyone that's listening to this is going to go on these cruises and go to Naughty Island. (laughs) 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 And I want to hear all of these stories for sure. Sounds good. All right. Awesome, George. Thank you very much for coming on. You're
1: welcome. Thank you. Bye, everyone.